Hello, babies. What's shaking, bacon? I am doing all right. <laughs> this year started out so rough for me. I I cannot I cannot tell a lie, <laughs> and I really couldn't put my finger on it. I knew that I was bored. Uh, I was unable to concentrate. I was suffering from buku bouts of executive dysfunction, and I could not get myself together. I felt like I was in a wave of depression, but I couldn't figure out the trigger. Is this you know? Is it is year three of a pandemic enough of a trigger? Maybe so. I don't know. And then I realized I couldn't remember the last time I had taken my antidepressant. Aha! But it also felt like a chicken and the egg kind of situation, right? Was I depressed because I'd stopped taking my meds? Or did I stop taking my meds because I was depressed? In the end, it doesn't even matter, I suppose. I started taking my meds again, and things are going a little better. After about a week of getting back on track, I was finally able to submit some drafts of some work that were very late, and I wrote some more on my next book project. Yay! So I'm feeling really good about that. Take your meds, kids, okay? Take your meds. While I was struggling to find balance, I was switching back and forth between hobbies and wondering if I should take up any new ones and then endlessly scrolling through Instagram. One of my friends posts a lot of memes from wrestling, and it always makes me remember how much I was into watching wrestling as a kid, but grew out of it. I'm not really sure why I grew out of it. You know, wrestling is really fascinating and it's funny and it's kind of like watching a soap opera, but like hella physical. I probably stopped watching when my favorite characters retired or my schedule changed with being a teenager and having a job and a boyfriend and all that kind of stuff. But I do know that wrestling has a complicated reputation, right? Is it a sport? Is it strictly entertainment? And if it's both, does that make it less than in some way? And does that really matter? Why do we need wrestling to be real, but have no problems when soccer players flop on the field or when basketball players hunt for fouls? I figured the best way to get answers is to talk to my friend, Eric Parsons, who lives in Chicago, and he does all the nerdy cool things like video games and Twitch streams, and he's also a huge wrestling fan. I wanted to know, what is it about wrestling that keeps him so devoted? This episode is sponsored by Brooklinen. Starting to feel that winter slump? Hit refresh on your space with Brooklinen's curated essentials made for cozying up every corner. If you're looking for a more comfy comforter, Brooklinen is the place to go. They come in lightweight, all season, and ultra warm to suit every type of sleeper and lifestyle. There's even a weighted comforter option for stress relief. Rest assured that with Brooklinen's fair pricing, their home essentials just look and feel like a million bucks. I recently got the deluxe core sheet set with a nice duvet cover with it in the window pane style. So it's like all white and it feels so good. I think I'm in a hotel bed. You know, you, you always get like much better sleep in a hotel. That's how I feel when I walk into my room and it has brightened up my space. And then I get in there and it's so cool and soft and silky feeling. I love the Luxe Sheets. I would highly recommend them. And for a limited time, Brooklinen is offering a free gift with purchase. And if you miss out, you can use promo code THISISGOOD anytime for $20 off of your purchase of $100 or more at brooklinen.com. That's B-R-O-O-K-L-I-N-E-N.com, promo code THISISGOOD. Head to brooklinen.com for your free gift with purchase today. This episode is also sponsored by Skillshare. 
There are so many fascinating classes on Skillshare on topics including illustration, design, photography, animation, productivity, and more. One class I've been looking at is Make Your Creative Space, a simple and inspiring guide by Mimi Chow. She explains how setting up your space can help you get your creative work flowing. The course also has a downloadable class workbook that guides you through all the steps the class covers. Skillshare helps you move your creative journey forward without putting life on hold. Their short classes are a perfect fit for your busy routine. You'll create real projects and get the support of fellow creatives and instructors. Explore your creativity at Skillshare.com slash this is good, where our listeners will get a free trial of premium membership. That's two weeks free at Skillshare.com slash this is good. My name is Eric Parsons. I'm a wrestling enthusiast. I don't know what to say as far as like what I am. Like I love wrestling. Uh, that's one of my things. So that's that's all you're getting out of me. Uh, okay, fine. Um, <laughs> luckily, that's what we're here to talk about today. Your love of wrestling. I like this idea of being a wrestling enthusiast. What exactly does that mean to you? That means that I have been interested. I have watched it. I've been a fan of wrestling a majority of my life. Um, I keep up with like the two main companies that televise on television every week. I also go a little bit beyond it. I might actually be a little bit more than an enthusiast because I actually watch like everything from like Japanese wrestling and Joshi wrestling. We can get further into that later, but I watch, you know, even indie wrestling that will do shows like locally here in Chicago. Um, so yeah, I, I think wrestling enthusiasm is like, Hey, I'm a fan. I know these people. I have my favorite wrestlers. I have my favorite segments, I have favorite moves, I have favorite theme songs. So I would say that. <laughs> uh, so you mentioned the two factions that televise is that, uh, you know, how people are like DC versus Marvel and all this kind of shit. Is that also relevant in the, the wrestling world? Yeah, there is a lot of tribalism that happens within those, you know, people who love certain companies, like somebody that's loved WWE all their lives um, will, of course, ride with, you know, WWE, but then like, you know, a newer upstart such as AEW, um, which is about three years old now, they have a pretty burgeoning fan base. And they sometimes clash. I try to stay far above it because I love wrestling overall. I don't give a shit if you love this and that. It just matters if your take is bad or not. Mm. But uh, yeah, there is definitely a bit of like, if you like this sort of like wrestling company, you must be this type of person or something like that. Just like anybody, yeah, like you said, like Marvel or DC, or if you like a PlayStation guy or an Xbox guy, like it happens, you know? Mm -hmm. So big, like. Apple versus Android energy. In, yeah. In yeah. All that kind of shit. Okay. Like, like if you like this thing, you must be the type of person. I'm like, who cares? Like if you enjoy it, you enjoy it. Mm -hmm. uh, obviously I grew up at a time when wrestling was like junkyard dog and mm -hmm. Andre the giant and shit like that. And I don't think that that company exists anymore. It was WWF and now that's yeah. WWE. Is that right? Or yeah. They just changed the name. Like it's still the same company. Vince McMahon still running it. The same old white guys are pretty much running it. Um, 
but yeah, it's it's the same company. They still have that same legacy. And honestly, the funniest thing is like, that's the only reason why they changed it is because the World Wildlife Federation told them to change it. And then which is even funnier is that there were a couple of documentaries that came out not long ago where Vince McMahon is like one of those big like guys that loves to revise his own story. Like he's the hero in every story. Mm-hmm. And Vince McMahon like actually he proposes it as if it was like their idea to change it to WWE. Like, yeah, we decided to change it because we're more than wrestling. We're an entertainment company. I was like, no, you got bullied by guys that like pandas. That's what happened. Like, don't act like, you know, like don't front, dude. You got bullied by the environmentalists. You know what I'm saying? Uh, Tell me about when your love of wrestling, watching wrestling started and who were like the wrestlers that you latched onto at first? Let me see. I started watching wrestling when I was a kid. Um, I want to say I was about six years old. I grew up in Virginia, as you know. Um, That was like a big, they used to call it territories area. Um, Before WWE took over everything, there was like these separate small territories where like if you wrestled in Georgia, in Florida, in the Carolinas, you were in this one territory and you wrestled around then. Um, But they used to always come to Virginia, to Richmond, Virginia to like wrestle. I used to watch also a lot of like you will call them indie these days, but they were just basically like guys that would wrestle for like $5 and a hot dog and they'll come and get their asses beaten and, you know, catch a bus back to home. And they were like in these random places, like I've watched wrestling in church basements. Mm-hmm. I've watched them under circus tents. I've watched them outdoors. I've watched them in like bingo halls, VFWs. They were like really low down, like, you know, situations where my grandfather used to take me to them. And it was like the only thing that I recall him really liking. So he used to take me to those. Mm-hmm. And I used to be a big fan of like just going there and then like just watching the guys beat themselves up, but then also like the characterizations. Mm-hmm. So uh, you mentioned Junt Yog Dog. He was one of my favorites at the time when I was a kid. I used to love Ric Flair when I was a kid because he was just like larger than life. He used to wear the suits. He was all cool. Mm-hmm. Um, I loved uh, Dusty Rhodes. He was like the blue collar guy, you know, the, him and Ric Flair actually had a really big rivalry at the time uh, back in the 80s where it was like the blue collar versus like, you know, the the dazzling like suit wearing guy. And it was really fun. And then, you know, as we went on, like I started to watch like a lot of WWF where like what you might hear is like the Attitude Era. So you'll hear like Stone Cold, The Rock and Triple H and all that stuff. And those were some of my favorites then as well. Sting, Rey Mysterio, who still wrestles to this day. You know, a lot of those old school guys back then. Mm-hmm. So you have watched like legacies form because Vince McMahon. Wait, is it Vince McMahon? Yeah, Vince yeah. McMahon. Yep. Vince McMahon. His daughter is a wrestler now. Well, <laughs> it's funny. All of them wrestled at one point. Like, okay, okay. But um, they have been on camera personalities you know, mm-hmm. through that. So, yeah, I remember, you know, Stephanie McMahon was like doing on camera segments and stuff like that and wrestling every now and again. And his son, Shane, he wrestles sometimes. He was actually in the Rumble the other day, which was weird because it was a long time since I seen him in the ring. But they also like they are, have like VP, you know, level positions in WWE. Like I forget exactly what they do, but I think like Shane McMahon is like the VP of new media. And then he goes out and just like jumps off of a cage. 
you know? <laughs> um, so yeah, that, I, I have seen whole legacies. I remember when Vince McMahon's father was running WWF. Like I remember seeing the rock's father wrestle on television before. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the rock is now wrestling and now his daughter is in developmental wrestling now. So yeah, you, you see a lot of legacies, especially in the past, you know, 20 to 30 years. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you wrestle? Have you wrestled? <laughs> no. Oh, no. <laughs> Yo, I've actually gone into a wrestling ring a long time ago. Um, I was in Richmond. It was a long, long time ago. And I went to a wrestling show. It was like, I think it was like at the state fair or something. Mm-hmm. Um, and we convinced one of the guys that were setting up the ring to let us in there so we can just like mess around because I've never been inside a wrestling ring at the time. Mm-hmm. And the most I've done was like what they call take a bump where you just like land on the ground, like as if you were getting hit. Mm -hmm. I did that once. And then I ran the ropes where you kind of bounce off the ropes and stuff. Yeah. And I was like, no, I'm not going to do this. Like (laughs) the the ring is actually really hard. Like I don't think a lot of people understand, like it's just wood and then like a little thin layer of like foam. It is hard. Like hitting that once for me, was just like, I'm not wrestling. I'm not doing that. (laughs) Um, It's like the second I got into that ring, I was like, it kind of gave me like a a brand new respect for anybody that decides to do that multiple times a week because my body, like I was like 24 when I did it and like my back was hurting for like a week. So I was like, no, that's my, that's the length of my wrestling abilities right there. Right. So you, you talk about the newfound respect that you discovered in that moment. And I think a lot of people don't really understand what it takes to be a wrestler because mm-hmm. the people who dismiss it are just like, oh, it's just fake. But it's like, OK, maybe. But also, let's say it is fake. But these people not only have to be in shape and be in good condition, but they also have to learn how to not cause as much harm as possible um, when they're doing these. Um, they're basically like stunt people, right? Yeah. Like they yeah. that's what they're doing. And I think if more people realize, like, this is actual hard work. It's not just them coming on <laughs> into the ring and pounding their chest and talking shit. Like th- this is a physical activity, regardless of whether you think it's real or not. It is real. Yeah. Yeah. I, I also think there's a class aspect to it. Like mm-hmm. wrestling is always known as like lowbrow. Like people will look at it as like a lowbrow entertainment medium. So they don't look at it in the same respect that they would somebody that's, you know, on a stage play, you know, or on TV. Like they think of it as like, yeah, it's just fake, you know, but at the same time, what isn't fake at this point? If it's an entertainment medium, I mean, it's going to have a level of orchestration to it, you know, and you're right. Yeah, you have to be in shape, but also you have to like know how to have, you know, really good interaction with the person person that you're wrestling against, but also with the audience as well. Um, it's not a one-way street. The person has to react to the audience or work with the audience. And a lot of matches are actually reflective of that. And yeah, I think a lot of people do kind of look at wrestling in a way that that's one of the reasons why I might've been like a little ashamed of being a big fan of wrestling when I was younger is mainly because it was like, yeah, it's just fake. And I didn't feel like having that conversation, but I think now I think I have the words for it, which is basically like, you know, it's just the same as any other entertainment medium. I don't think wrestling has ever tried to pretend like it's a sport. You know, it's it's a bunch of buff, hot theater kids, you know, doing flips and kicking each other in the face. I love this idea of wrestling being a place for buff theater kids to work out their, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. their you know, their showmanship, because that, that is very much a part of it. I think you shared or maybe you said this once before that wrestling is a very physical soap opera that we're mm-hmm. watching, 
you yeah. know, between the the different rivalries and the different people who come together, the camaraderies and, uh, mm-hmm. you know, whatever, that kind of thing. So could you talk a little bit more about that aspect of it? If we looked at wrestling as a buff soap opera. So what wrestling is, it's like you can kind of like zoom in on it. And what I think is lovely about wrestling is that you can watch it from different levels. Like even if you aren't cognizant of what kayfabe means or what a work or a shoot is, these are like just lingo terms. I think even like the first time wrestling watcher will watch this and they'll go, okay, these are got two people that are fighting and there's a ref there. And then you zoom out a little bit and then you see like, hey, that wrestler has a manager who's distracting the ref, or they have commentators who are, there's a commentator that is going for the bad guy. And there's a commentator that's trying to cut it, call it down the middle. And as you zoom out further, you see that there's also a crowd there and you see signs that are like saying, Hey, the face, the good guy, that's the guy who we want to win. And whenever the bad guy is about to win, they start booing. And then further on, you can understand that like even then there's promos where somebody has to go into the ring or go backstage and they grab the mic and they talk for like two to four minutes about something. It has all of those different elements of storytelling. You can go into it. And if you just want to look at this one match, it's just one story. You can't. If you want to see this match as a part of a larger story, you can. If you want to see this match as like a full history of this wrestler's career, you can do that as well. And it's similar to like going into a television show and it's like on this third season and you watch one episode and you're like, oh, I've kind of lost, but I kind of get what's happening here. One of the more compelling stories in the past year is this uh, wrestler named Hangman Adam Page. His gimmick, um, it's not really a gimmick. He's actually kind of like that. He's like this country white boy cowboy. Like one of his sayings is cowboy shit, you know? (laughs) Okay. Um, (laughs) He's like, this is cowboy shit. Um, Oh, okay. I see what you mean. All right. So, but this is like his, his story is that when he first came into AEW, he did not have a lot of confidence in himself. Like the first major show that he had he lost his match for the championship and it took him two years to kind of gain that confidence back and then a lot of people i tell them this story and i showed them like a couple of promos and they go you know what i have no idea like what's happening here but i'm completely invested in it because this is a person that's telling their story this is the environment he's in he's been down in the dumps he's not confident I feel like that's a lot of that's very relatable to a lot of people. Mm-hmm. And then he finally wins and he wins the championship and he f- finds himself, you know, justified because he knows the fans are pulling for him. He has friends that are looking out for him and he knows that he does have the skill to be, you know, the greatest wrestler in the world who at the time was Kenny Omega and he was the champion. And I find that very relatable. And every time I tell people that story, they go, you know what, that sounds kind of like simple, but just about every story with conflict has that. And I think it's, uh, I forget who exactly who said it, but wrestling is not almost never about wrestling. Like, yeah, the wrestling is there. It's a very technical product. It's beautiful to watch. There's a lot of athletic ability that's needed there, but the wrestling is just like a vehicle for like a story that they want to tell. It's also really interesting that this is such an ancient activity that we continue to do or watch and participate in and to watch the way that it has retained some of that uh, history as far as like the way that it's entertaining. And it's also there's someone on high who's basically like saying, now you wrestle for the crowd. And like, yeah, you're right. The I wouldn't say modern, but basically the wrestling we're looking at goes back to like the 1800s. 
even some of the terms like calling somebody a mark because you're fooling them into thinking it's real. Like we've used that before in parlance regularly, you know, you're a mark, you know, like thieves say that when they're getting ready to pickpocket or con somebody. These are terms that have been used for the past 200 years. And people are still using those terms because there's still a big heritage there that is about, this is a form of storytelling. This is a form of quote unquote sport that people used to do in like circus tents back in the 1800s and traveled with a circuits and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, I look at it as like, you know, I'm 42 years old. So I've watched modern wrestling for the entirety that it's been around. Mm-hmm. Um, and then even still, I understand that there were wrestlers back in the fifties and sixties who have wrestled way before then. And it was a little bit more simplistic, but the storytelling was still there. Right. Uh, so when, when are you watching wrestling and what exactly does it do for you when you're watching it? Um, so I will watch wrestling whenever I can, not whenever I can, but whenever I feel like it, mm-hmm. there's different ways that I do it. Like I will sit down and watch, you know, WWE Monday Night Raw after I'm done with work because it's like a cool thing to put on and sort of tune out into. I'm more engaged with AEW because I'm way more invested in those stories and those characters. And the wrestling's good, of course, but I enjoy like watching the wrestling. And then I also look at the storyline more often than the wrestling itself. So I am more engaged on that on like Wednesday nights. Aside from that, I will throw on like I have a <laughs> I have like two playlists on YouTube that are basically like wrestling the vibe to. <laughs> I will just put on like random and it will just play wrestling back to back for like 40 hours straight if I wanted to. And I will put that in the background when I'm working. I will have that on when I'm sitting there on the couch like scrolling my phone. Um, I will, you know, if I have company over, I'll throw it on the TV just to have something as background music while we're chilling around. Is that also like your version of Netflix and chill? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Wrestling and chilling. Like, like I'm like, Hey, let's watch this Royal Rumble. You know what I'm saying? Like, and you know, and you know, we watching like two, you know, bunch of sweaty people. It's a, it's a good segue, you know? Uh I mean, what would you rather do? Would you rather do that or watch like, you know, arrested development. You know what I mean? Okay. Well, maybe not arrested <laughs> development, but my my go-to Netflix and chill thing right now for the last couple of years has been salt, fat, acid, heat. Oh yeah, that's a good one. You know what it is? It's sexy food. Yeah. Like the the cinematography. Yes. Talking in detail about the food. Yes. It's very sensual for it to be <laughs> on TV. You know what I mean? Like it's just all it's missing is smell vision But I can see how wrestling is the same, right? Because all you're missing is the, the smell of the sweat and the hair gel. I don't gel. think I want it's- that. I don't think I want that. Like, look, I'm a wrestling fan and I understand. Um, I've been to a lot of wrestling shows. I don't really want to smell wrestling fans. <laughs> it's not my thing. <laughs> uh, okay. So, okay. You talked about you really like the storytelling at uh, AEW, mm-hmm. right? So yeah. what are who are some of your favorite wrestlers and their storylines that you follow? Um, let me see. I already talked about Hangman Adam Page. Um, right now, I'm really loving, uh, there's this guy named Malachi Black. His character is that he's like this occult leader, mm-hmm. um, but he's actually like a really good kickboxer and Muay Thai fighter. And he is building what is called the House of Black. This is like this this group of people who are like, you know, they wear like cool hoods and they dress in black and they have like all of this like heavy metal in the background whenever they come out. And he's doing like recruiting, you know, throughout the AEW universe. 
Um, <laughs> also, it's like very goth, which I think I've always loved. Like anything that's like wrestling and goth related, I'm like, I'm mm-hmm. gonna watch that. It's, it seems like it's like the perfect thing to meld together. Another really cool thing I really like is the emergence of the women's roster at AEW. They had a little bit of struggle happening going on there um, where they just weren't really centering a lot of women on their shows. But I think in the past year, they've improved a lot. Right now, Britt Baker is the champion uh, who I'm enjoying there. Uh, Britt Baker is actually really interesting. Her gimmick is that she's a dentist. Um, because she is literally a dentist in real life. Like on the weekdays, like she runs a practice Mm -hmm. and she wrestles on her part-time and she's on a national televised wrestling show. But I find that really funny because it's like, you know, a lot of wrestlers do have, like, especially indie wrestlers, they have regular jobs. And here is, you know, Britt Baker, who is literally a dentist. She's like changing people's veneers. And then she goes and gets body slammed on a bunch of thumbtacks one night, you know? It's really cool. Um, in that division, uh, we have uh, Jade Cargill, who is just this. If you look at her, she looks like somebody drew her. Like she has like these abs, muscles everywhere. She's gorgeous. She's a black woman with white hair. So she looks like Storm. Mm-hmm. Um, and she's gorgeous. And she just won the TNT TBS, I think, championship. And I really like watching her improve because she's only wrestled for like two years mm-hmm. and she's already on television and she's improving every time I see her wrestle. And that's sort of meta because it's not exactly like the story we see on the screen. It's mm-hmm. more of like the story in the background where I'm actually seeing this wrestler grow in her craft and her skill. And then also Thunder Rosa is another woman who I really enjoy watching. She's a very great technical wrestler. She actually runs her own wrestling uh, promotion in Texas. She has like some of the coolest like ring gear. She like half of her face is like made to look like a sugar skull. She comes out to like heavy metal music and kicks ass and leaves. She's really dope as well. I am so fascinated, but I feel like if I were to try to get back into wrestling, I would be overwhelmed. But I do recognize what you said earlier and then and then this comparison with soap operas, because if I were to go back into Days of Our Lives, right, yeah. I just drop back into Days of Our Lives or something like that, I would be caught up by the end of the episode. So yeah. maybe if I were to just pop back into wrestling, mm-hmm. I would be caught up with everything I need to know, maybe by the end of the, the match. You know what? Like most wrestling stories, it's like small arcs and then there's long arcs. Mm -hmm. So you can jump in. And I always tell people, if you're looking into getting into wrestling, watch a couple of shows, find out who you like your first instinct. Like when you see them, like just go, oh, I like this person. Look them up, see if you can find some other matches and then follow them, you know, because I find that if you do watch the whole show as a complete show and you're not into it, like all it is, is just a cavalcade of a bunch of dudes just fighting each other. And you can't necessarily catch the Mm storyline. But I think if you find a person that you like, like no matter, I don't care how you like them, like they could be people that you like, okay, I like the way this person wrestles. But then you also go, yeah, I like this guy's butt. Like that's, (laughs) it doesn't matter. You know, if you like them because they wrestle well or they're good on the mic or they're attractive to you, like follow them. And then eventually you will start to kind of get exactly what wrestlers are in that orbit what storylines they're involved in. And then eventually you start to learn about other wrestlers and other histories and stuff like that. Yeah, I feel like wrestling is maybe the only sport where the athletes are encouraged to acknowledge their attractiveness. Because like football players or basketball players, they'll, you know, they'll be dressed and they, you know, they might say something a little slick and whatever, but they are not 
really allowed to acknowledge that they're good looking. Yeah. But wrestlers are just like, oh, I'm so pretty. Look at me. You know, that <laughs> yeah, kind of thing. I love it. I love it. Right. <laughs> like, it, it, and it seems like it, it, you're right. It is one of the few things like as far as like sports are concerned or anything like entertainment sports or whatever you want to call it. It is the only thing where you can go, you know what? This person's hot. And you don't really feel bad about saying that because they're saying I'm hot. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. and then also they put a lot of work into their body or what they look like and stuff like that, or their personality that makes them attractive. And then you're going, you know what? They're fucking hot, dude. Like I, I look at wrestlers, male wrestlers who I, as a straight person, I will go, you know what? That motherfucker's handsome. Like that motherfucker's fine. <laughs> and then I'm like, yeah, of course. That's what he wants us to put forward. Right, right. And wrestling is also, you talk about personality. I think wrestling may be one of the only places where the athletes get to exhibit personality that is not a celebration or a a moment of loss, right? Because we get football players who do their touchdown routines. And then, you know, when people win to score the basket, whatever, then you get to see their personality. But for the most part, they're not really allowed to be vibrant on the court in a particular way yeah yeah like one of the things about nfl that you know when people started talking about the no fun league back in like 2002 Mm -hmm. when they got rid of like multiplayer celebrations so they couldn't do anything coordinated or whatever yeah and then like yeah wrestling is the only thing where you can like like they talk shit before and after the match and it's like aside from very few instances like everything's on the table like boxing might be the same way Mm -hmm. boxing and mma like they can sit there and talk shit they can get into a fist fight during the weigh-in and stuff like that wrestling has that same thing which i mean it could be argued that boxing and mma have actually taken that from wrestling Mm -hmm. um they use that to hype up a lot of their matches i mean Mm -hmm. conor mcgregor getting into a fight with a dude during a weigh-in that's going to get people to buy into the pay-per-view and a lot of wrestling is part of that even doing cutting promos like if you watch like a an nba game and they do the press conference sometimes it's fun but it's very dry. You know, an NBA player can't exactly go, yeah, man, of course I was going to dunk it. Like, look at me. Like, I'm seven feet tall. What you expect me to do? Like, not. Um, <laughs> you don't see a lot of that with, with NBA players because they have to have like this certain modicum of like sportsmanship, sportsmanlike conduct. And every now and again, I'm like, yo, just talk shit, dude. This is fun. You know, this is, isn't this what you do it for? And then wrestling is like, yeah, I'm going to just, you know, I'm going to stomp this dude out and then take the mic and then talk about how I just stomped this dude out. And if he comes at me again, I'm going to stomp him the fuck out again. And then anybody else who comes down there, I'm going to stomp your boys out too. And that's really (laughs) fun because you can, and also it works with the audience as well. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, Who is Orange Cassidy? Oh, (laughs) I don't know where you got Orange Cassidy from, but I love him. Um, Orange Cassidy is an AEW wrestler. Um, his character is that he's like a slacker. He's lazy and he puts in low effort into everything. And it's interesting because he can actually wrestle. Like He can wrestle his ass off. But what he does is he comes to the ring very slowly. Um, he like saunters. He doesn't have a walk. He saunters. You know Mm -hmm. what I'm saying? Um, he wears sunglasses and sometimes he wears them all the way through the match. What? Yeah. He wears (laughs) sunglasses during the match. Sometimes one of the wrestlers will like take his glasses and he'll take out another pair of glasses and put them on. (laughs) 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 Um, he wears like an all denim outfit in the ring. (laughs) 
and it's like an acid wash like denim outfit and then like he will also do moves while holding his hands in his pockets like he is just think of like a person who is just like you know what i'm gonna wrestle but i'm not gonna enjoy it (laughs) (laughs) but does he win yeah, he had like a really good winning record last year. <laughs> Excellent. Okay, I'm going to I'm going to look I'm going to look him up. Please um, look him up. You also mentioned uh that you watch Japanese wrestling. Mm-hmm. What is uh can you tell me some differences between American and Japanese wrestling? Oh man. Um that's actually one of my favorite things to talk about during like when I talk about wrestling because Japanese wrestling is so much different from American wrestling. Like you don't see a lot of like out of ring storytelling in Japanese wrestling. A lot of the storytelling is done in the ring, which means like they'll have like promos and stuff, but in the ring, like it strips away anything as far as like your traditional storytelling stuff. Like, you know, they don't talk a lot to each other, you know, and then when they do talk, you can't understand it, especially if you're an English speaker and you don't speak Japanese. And then you could sit there and watch the match and go, okay, this guy has what is called the fighting spirit. And that's why he can't get pinned. And he's a good guy because he wants to win. And this evil guy, like he's got a whole crew with him and they're going to make sure this good guy doesn't win because they're the bad guys. Um, So it kind of strips down a lot of stuff and like what you would see from American wrestling, but you end up concentrating more on the matches. Japanese wrestling, uh, they do this thing called strong style wrestling. They're actually doing like, they're not real punches, but they are actual strikes, like elbow strikes and forearm strikes. Mm -hmm. So when they hit each other, you can hear it. You can feel the impact. You can see that they are like actually hitting each other. When they're kicking somebody in the chest, that's a real kick. There's guys that will have like they'll do like the slaps around across the chest and they'll come down off the ring and you'll see blood trickling down their chest because they're hitting each other so hard another thing i think is really interesting about japanese wrestling is that the crowd is they're just as engaged with the wrestling as american audiences but there isn't a lot of like the bombast that you see from american wrestling so there's like the titan tron the video and the cool entrance music there's the lights and stuff like that but the japanese wrestling um they don't do a lot of screaming during the match they don't mm-hmm. do a lot of yelling during the match you'll hear mostly Oh, when they do a move, you'll hear them, you know, applaud. Mm-hmm. Um, you will also hear a bunch of like female wrestling fans yelling their favorite wrestler's name and you can hear it really high pitched. <laughs> um, and then also what happens is that the crowd actually has like a crescendo. So it will be kind of quiet in the crowd. It almost feels like the crowd might not be into it. But the thing is, is that just they're paying a lot of attention to the show itself. And then it reaches a crescendo near like the last third of the match. And the crowd is about as loud as you can hear like a WrestleMania. Mm. And then also another thing that's really weird these days, because during the coronavirus pandemic, uh, the Japanese people, when they started shutting everything down, having people wearing masks, a couple of promotions uh, such as New Japan Pro Wrestling famously asked their crowds not to yell Mm. because they didn't want to spread germs. So now all you hear are like very polite applauding. Mm -hmm. Um, You will hear people like stomping their feet and you will also hear oh like in unison across (laughs) like the whole stadium and then like just the technical wrestling is a lot more different um the way that this the matches are structured you can tell that backstage they're like all right we need to work this crowd into a frenzy somehow Mm -hmm. um and they're a little bit more structured and that's why i think it's a little bit more engaging as far as matches are concerned and that's one of the reasons why 
I don't find myself tuning out of New Japan a lot, Japanese wrestling, Mm -hmm. especially like when I watch something like Japanese Joshi wrestling, which is strictly women that are wrestling there. And they hit hard as hell. Like these girls are like five feet tall and beat the shit out of each other. And they will get on the mic and talk shit to each other. Like they'll say like the worst things to each other too. They'll say like, you know, you're a bitch and I hate your hair. Like it's horrible. Like (laughs) it's like, it's actually like, it seems harsh, harsher than anything like American wrestling says, because they're like, these guys are like friends and they're like Mm -hmm. talking shit to you. Like if you, if you got into an argument with your friend, like you get into the deep cuts, you know what I'm saying? And that's what I feel like they do. And I really like Joshi wrestling because it's very engaging. And then also they'll do these things like they'll do game shows, which I think if you ever watch a Japanese game show, they're yeah. always entertaining. Yeah. So they'll do a Japanese game show with like the women wrestlers in the Joshi promotion. So those are some of the more general like differences you'll see mm-hmm. out of the Japanese wrestling promotions. But I think if you start to look at it, you'll start to notice a little bit more intricate things as well. You know? Right. Earlier, you talked about having shame being a wrestling fan when you were younger. How did you move past that shame? How did you let that go? Oh, shit. I just got older and I stopped giving a shit. (laughs) It was like, (laughs) like I always had my core group of friends. When I was younger, we used to always watch wrestling. We used to go to wrestling shows and all that stuff. But I didn't really like talk about it outside of that because everybody, every time you talk about wrestling, they want to talk about how fake it is. Mm-hmm. And I was like, no, I don't want to talk about how fake it is. I want to talk about how cool it is. I want to talk about like this guy doing a tiger driver and, you know, driving this dude's head into the mat. Like, I want to talk about the cool shit. I want mm-hmm. to talk about a dude doing a, a moonsault off the top rope. I eventually got out of, you know, doing that and just like, you know, I'll enjoy wrestling on my own. But especially in the past five years, I've been trying to find things that bring me a lot of joy and a lot of peace. Which is funny even saying peace because I'm watching dudes like destroy themselves. Mm -hmm. But like I'm trying to watch something that I can get out of it going, man, that was really fun. And I really enjoyed that. And so I've decided like, look, I can't like sit there and just be, you know, the guy that has the weird hobby, like because there's millions of other people that enjoy it. And there's a million of other people that might enjoy it more if they actually got into it. So I'm like, you know, I'm going to still like, you know, I'm going to send you dumb and I know you've told me this before. It's like, I don't watch a lot of wrestling. I'm going to still send you a bunch of dumb clips of wrestling. Like, I'm going to still send friends who are who are lapsed wrestling fans, like funny promos or, you know, old things from back in the day, because I want to share that with people because it makes me happy. So I was like, if things make me happy, I'm not going to be ashamed of it any longer. I come away, even though I will sit there and watch a five hour pay-per-view show that, you know, might be disappointing like it was this past weekend. I still walk away going, you know what? It was still worth it in some way. I enjoyed myself. I got to sit on the couch and eat food and, you know, root for somebody that I like and boo somebody I didn't like or go on a group chat and just like, you know, commiserate about who won and who lost and engage with my friends who like wrestling and Mm -hmm. shit posts on Twitter about it. Like, I think there's a, a really beautiful communal experience about wrestling that I think we have actually... As much as the community kind of sucks sometimes, they have still like this general love for it because they're very protective of it because it's their thing. And I, I want to tell, I like I always tell people like, hey, if you want to get into wrestling, that's fine. Sometimes it might get a little gatekeepy, just like most things, mm-hmm. but it's because they're very protective of it and they should not be gatekeeping. But I think everybody should at least just give it a give it a try. Just go to a show, you know? Wrestling fans remind me a lot of romance novel fans. 
in that we have had people disparage romance novels and just say it's fake. You know, it gives women uh, unrealistic expectations about love and romance and blah, 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 blah. Uh, And it's just like, why would you do that to yourself? And for wrestling fans, I think y'all get something similar where it's like, it's fake. Why do you want to watch something that's fake? Mm -hmm. Uh, That class thing that you mentioned earlier comes into play a lot, especially because wrestling has such a strong cosplay element to it. And and, and that theater element that you brought up too is there, but it it becomes, it's not considered as serious, right? So because these things are not considered as serious, because romance is not considered as serious as drama, because wrestling is not considered as serious as actual theater, people just look down on the people who participate in it, who love them, who want to be a part of it. So you do get really like um, gatekeepy. You do get really protective of this thing that you love that feels like no one understands except the people who understand it. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So I I understand you, wrestling fan, as a as a romance novel fan. Yeah, I, I actually now I understand romance novel fans because it is the same thing. Like people will look at romance novels and go, "Yeah, it's just something you pick up in an airport." Right. But it's like again, like it's another class thing. Like it's like yeah, there's women that love to read this thing, and sometimes it's corny, and sometimes it's really good and engaging. But they like it, and they're doing no harm. And I think that's the same thing with wrestling fans. Wrestling has always been more of like a, hey, this is a middle class to lower class entertainment medium. So they always think of them as like, you know, it's a bunch of hicks, Mm -hmm. uh, a bunch of people that don't know how to read, a bunch of people that don't like, you know, high level stuff, like people who've never been to a play or whatever. Mm -hmm. Like they look at that and go, yeah, well, I have a justification for not liking it or just thinking those people are nerds, even though we are nerds. And I'm glad you brought up cosplay because that's exactly what it is. Like a lot of people love cosplay. Mm -hmm. That's all wrestling is, you know? Yeah. Um, Before we end, I wanted to ask, uh, because you've talked about the good versus bad when, you know, there's a match that's going on. But what happens when it's, two good people fighting or two bad people fighting and like how do you know who to to who to root for if if you're not uh beholden to either one right like if you're just like oh i like wrestling but now there's two bad guys fighting which one is the better bad guy (laughs) yeah and that's that's actually really interesting for you to ask as a person who doesn't watch a lot of wrestling because sometimes i have no idea like I look at it sometimes as if it's like an indie match and I don't know exactly who these wrestlers are sometimes. Mm. Sometimes they will have a match between two good guys and what it is is just a friendly competition and then they shake hands at the end or something like that. Mm. Um, And then the ones between two bad guys, sometimes it's like one is an anti-hero, one is a genuine bad guy, or sometimes they're two really bad guys, which you don't see a lot of in wrestling now that I think about it. And I think at the end of it, I'm just like, all right, I just want to see these guys just have a good match. That's what I think it is. Like, I don't really, yeah, that's interesting. Like I need to actually sit down and I might put that on the, on the wrestling subreddit. Like I'm thinking, cause you know, we were talking about like the DC and Marvel thing and then, you know, like DC had that 
Batman versus Superman thing, right, yeah. for a moment. And then Marvel, we've got Captain America versus Iron Man at some point with the Avengers and all that yeah. shit. So I'm just thinking, like, does that also translate to wrestling? Yeah, like, yeah. I wonder if there is a pure a pure bad guy versus bad guy scenario. Because even then, in Marvel and DC and all that stuff, it was because they just had two separate, you know, genuine, like, philosophies. Mm-hmm. It wasn't really that one was bad and one was good. It was mostly like, hey, one has a person that wants to do it one way, another person wants to do it another way. Yeah. I, I want you to find the Professor X and Magneto analogy for wrestling <laughs> and let me know. That's that's what I want to oh, watch. Oh, shit. Um, giving me homework? <laughs> yes. Yes. Uh, okay. So thank you so much for coming on my show. I really appreciate it. I really appreciate it. Can you tell us where we can find you online if you want us to find you online? Um, I have a very appropriate Twitter handle, uh, homunculus dick. Can you spell that, please? <laughs> <laughs> I forget how to spell it myself. Oh, here it is. Uh, it's H-O-M-U-N-C-U-L-U-S-D-I-C-K. <laughs> <laughs> okay yes and that's where i typically like i shit post about you know uh wrestling and kung fu movies and stuff like that so if you want to follow me feel free excellent excellent is there anything else you wanted to make sure you said about wrestling being a wrestling fan that we didn't get to touch on and you wanted to make sure that people heard I want to tell everybody to please support wrestling of all kinds, but also keep an eye out for, you know, the wrestlers who you might not know about, such as LGBTQ wrestlers. There's a lot of trans wrestlers out there that kick ass. There's a lot of women wrestlers. This is the best that women's wrestling has ever been. Um, I think also people with like different body types. There's a, a really great resurgence of body uh, diversity out there that you'll see as well as, you know, black and POC wrestlers. I think people need to, you know, not just stay within like the lanes of what they like, just go outside of your comfort zone. And I think you should support those wrestlers. Excellent. Thank you so much, Eric. I'm glad to talk about it. It doesn't even feel like work. It feels like a lot of fun. Now it is time for the indulgence where I recommend something you can enjoy without shame because there is no such thing as a guilty pleasure. Revel in what makes you feel good. Today, I'm going to talk about fountain pens. I love fountain pens and no, I cannot do any type of calligraphy. I do not have pretty handwriting and I cannot do fancy lettering, but I do love the sound and feel of fountain pens moving across paper. I follow a few fountain pen accounts on Instagram. Some of them focus more on showing off the different kinds of inks you can use, right? But when they zoom in on the writing and you can hear the nib scratching across the paper, that's some good ASMR, baby. Using fountain pens can seem a bit pretentious. Most of them are pretty expensive. You have to take care of them in particular ways, like cleaning out the nibs, maintaining the nibs. There are different ways of filling them with ink. You can have a cartridge or you can have a converter. You can like suck them into the pens using this like 
weird syringe-like equipment. And then there are the different types of nibs, right? Like the actual part that you write with. There are glass nibs and flex nibs and cursive nibs. There's just all kinds. This stuff goes well beyond choosing fine or medium points, which is also an aspect of fountain pens, of course. And I can't even talk about the worlds of inks that are out there. It's just incredible. I use them mostly when I am writing in my feelings journal, but also when I'm writing poetry. Basically, anytime the work feels really important to my spirit, I use a fountain pen. I love the sound of them. I love the weight of them. They have a different weight than regular pens. I love the care that I have to put into a writing instrument that's so crucial to who I am as an artist and as a person. There are more disposable and affordable options out there like Pilot Varsity pens or Lamy Fountain pens. And then you have the expensive joints, Mont Blanc, Parker, Cross, Sailor. Many brands have pens available across different price points like Coeco and Platinum. I would recommend you go to jetpens.com and look through their recommendations for good starter pens if you're interested. It's also a good place for quality pens if you're already into them or want to give a loved one a nice present. And there's also a list for like the best journals, the best writing paper for fountain pens, because depending on the type of ink, you can have some bleed through. It might make the other side of the page, you know, unusable. Go to jetpens.com and find everything you need. All the recommendations you need are there. People tend to stay away from fountain pens because they require maintenance or think you have to write in a very fancy style for them, but you do not need to be sending out wedding invitations in order to use a fountain pen. Don't let your preconceived notions keep you from a small joy. Take a chance on something pretty. Get you some fountain pens. This has been your indulgence. You have been absolved. This is Good For You is hosted by me, Nicole Perkins, and produced by Multitude. Our lead producer is Eric Silver. Our editor is Misha Stanton. And our executive producers are Amanda McLaughlin and me. Our theme was created by Don Will, and our art is by Jessica E. Boyd. You can follow the show at This Is Good Pod, and you can follow me at Tennessee Whiskey Woman. That's T-N, whiskey with an E, woman. And a huge, huge thank you to everyone who supports the show on Patreon, especially to our supporting producer-level patrons, Chelsea, Conchetta, Courtney, Elizabeth, and Mira. To get exclusive rewards like stickers, monthly playlists curated by me, and even custom drabbles written just for you, join us for as little as $5 a month at patreon.com slash thisisgoodpod. This was good for me. Was it good for you?